Hello everyone, welcome back to the Force of Podcast. This is your Better Late Than Never review show of the Premier League games. And plus, we're going to have a quick chat about uh, Rotherham's decent run of form because we've got uh, the Chain Bond, Jordan Chambers here, and we've also got Bradley joining us as well. How are we doing, boys? Not bad, mate. Good, thanks. Good, good. How about you? I'm good, thank you, mate. So we'll uh, we'll start obviously before we get into the Premier League games with Rotherham. So the last time we um, spoke about them, they uh, started off having a bit of a good run. Obviously, they beat uh, Derby three nil um, last week you know, on the weekend. They also uh, did a very good away result against Preston, and then uh, just a, a narrow defeat against Cardiff. So. Um, Jordan, what what are your views at the minute on uh, how your team's getting along? Well, people are thinking we're going to get relegated. Uh, we've still got the two games in hand. We're looking nice in the table at the minute. Obviously, it didn't help with Sheffield Wednesday winning, but obviously it was a bottom of the table clash. But all in all, I've, I've enjoyed the little run. Obviously, we just got nipped by Cardiff at the, uh, yesterday. But I don't think that will, like, you know, put us down or anything. I think we'll keep going. And, like, Lewis Wing that we got on, on loan from Middlesbrough, who I know in a little personal way, he's been absolutely phenomenal for us so far in the few games that he's played. I'm surprised he doesn't get a game for Middlesbrough at all. Yeah, I'll say, like you said, um, sort of games in hand, 29 points. Uh, your run came at a very good time for you. Um, but you got a, bit, a big game coming up on the weekend against uh, QPR, who uh, aren't a easy side to beat. Uh, we'll get your predictions on this one then quickly. How are you? How are you seeing this one going? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for a Miller's win, I think, because QPR have been struggling to score goals, and obviously they've been letting quite a few in. Where as us, we're usually the ones that are letting the goals in and scoring less. So I'd, I'm going to go for a 2 1 Rotherham win, I think, on that one. Oh, if it does, you get on to 32 points, get, you know, go above uh, Coventry and Forest. So, you know, we could a uh, big win against QPR could put you in good stead for the, um, the remaining half of the season. So, you know, good luck to the, good luck to the up the Millers. Uh, well, uh, we'll crack on with the Premier League games then. Uh, Saturday we had an early kickoff, um, an interesting game on paper. You know, two teams that uh, are needing to kind of get uh, more wins on the board to kind of get themselves into the top six. Aston Villa versus Arsenal finished one nil with a very early Ollie Watkins goal due to. Uh, uh, defensive errors, which is quite rare for Arsenal lately because they've been uh, quite good uh, at the back. Um, but yeah, did, did you see this game going this way, boys? Uh, Villa, Nick, did you think Arsenal also should have had a penalty because of uh, Martinez uh, dragging Lacazette down in the box? Yeah, it was um, the penalty was arguable. They had a good case for a penalty, really, but. At the minute, with referees and the VAR situation, you don't know if you're going to get a penalty at all at the minute, do you? You just don't know what you're going to get one for. Um, I think it was quite a balanced game, to be fair. Uh, possession wise, I think Arsenal did uh, dominate possession, but 
you know, possession doesn't always win your games. You know, there was equal uh, with shots in the game. And I think, you know, Ollie Watkins, you know, you know, he, sh- you know, he struck early. And I think that, that was just a killer blow for them, really, because Arsenal, you know, with all the possession they had and they didn't really create anything clear cut, um, which, you know, is a little bit of a worry going forward. But yeah, it was... It was a very cautious game from both sides and I think all in all I think Aston Villa did deserve it in the end to be honest. It's it's just a, it must be annoying for Arsenal fans because um just having some they had tough luck against uh, Wolves and uh, obviously this game is a, is a game where they could have bounced back they they had their, their new uh, goalkeeper Ryan in goal not the best start for the lad to make your debut for Arsenal and um, the first thing you do is pick the ball out the back of your net. But, uh, but that win would have put him two points behind Spurs. And, you know, it, it, it must be difficult being an Arsenal fan at the minute because, you know, you don't know whether or not they're going to go on a massive run or they're going to absolutely bottle it again. It's it's an odd one. But for Villa, on the other hand, they're, they've got games in hand. They've got two games in hand above... Uh, you know the uh, the front runners, so they could win those two games. They would be on forty one points. That'll put them in the top four. So, you know, can Villa do it? Can do you think Villa can uh, be that team? You know, the outside team to break into the top four this season. I wouldn't say top four, but you can say maybe top eight. Uh, going just quickly back on what Brad said about the clear-cut chances for Arsenal, last year they would have had, you know, 10 clear-cut chances against Villa because their defence was abysmal and obviously they just managed to stay up and then, like this this year they've just, they can hold on to them one goal leads like they did and they did it very well. I just think like, you know, they keep the shape so well this year and I think I've got nothing but praise for Villa this year because I think they've been Phenomenal, you know. You can say you Jack Grealish and stuff, but you got to look at the defenders because they obviously last year they were slipping goals everywhere, and like you know, this year they've just been a phenomenal side to watch defensive wise. And it helps when you get a good keeper like Martinez come in and plays Arsenal twice and beats them both times in two clean sheets. Yeah, do you, do you think do you think Arsenal regret selling him then and not making him potentially first choice goalkeeper? I think they do. I think they do, big time. And he's shown why he's kept eleven clean sheets in the Premier League this season, being a regular starter. Where I think Arsenal need that right at this minute, and it doesn't help when, like you say, you know, you've got Matt Ryan come from on loan, and he's uh, you know picking the ball out of the net after two minutes. Yeah, it's it's not it's it's again. It, you feel unco- if you're an Arsenal fan, you'll feel uncomfortable at the minute yet again because you had that awful spell at the beginning and the kind of quarter stage of the season, and you, you just don't want to slip back into it because they have done well to get back where they are because you know they weren't going to get relegated, but they were t- like you look at the table, they were sixteenth at, st- at a stage, and it weren't Arsenal that we know, and now eleventh in the league, you know. Good goal difference uh, to what they did have. You know, their, their defence is kind of shaping up. But like you said, Villa are a big class. They've um, 
they've they've definitely been you know them I say them over West Ham have been the most improved team because they were one point um, they were one loss away from being relegated you know they had to get a point in the final day of the season and they did that and instead of you know worrying about getting relegated this season they're more focused on getting European football and being back where Villa used to be when were your likes of Martin O'Neill in charge Bonlahor uh, Ashley Young, Milner, you know, but Gareth Barry could name name the entire squad basically because it was a class team. And hopefully, if they can keep Jackie Grealish, Ollie Watkins, Matty Cash, Tyrone Mings, Martinez, like we said, no reason why they can't not only break into the into that top uh, top six, top seven, but year in year out keep keep challenging. But we'll move on to the next game, which was a surprise to me, huge huge surprise. The um, Mr. Inconsistent team in Newcastle, winning 3-2 at home to Southampton, finishing the game with nine men, one of them getting sent off in the 49th minute, and then uh, one, I think they used all their subs and someone got injured. But, you know, Almiron getting a uh, a double, rarely see. Willock getting a goal for Newcastle, which is good. Um, Melamino getting a goal for Southampton, and Warprouse uh, obviously scoring a free kick. But finish 3-2, we, I think a few of us said that um, this could be Southampton's game, but it's always tough going to St James's Park. But did we expect this, especially when Newcastle went down to 10 men with, what, 40 minutes to go to hold on to a 3-2 lead? Not really. Um, they When they were leading, they went down to, to 10 men. Um, they, they was pretty much... Um, they were in survival mode. Um, I think at the end of the game, Southampton ended up with I think nearly seventy-five percent ball possession uh, away from home. Um, to be honest, Southampton couldn't really put away the chances. They had, you know, a couple of good chances, uh, even at two. Um, I think it was one that was two-two. I think it might have been. Uh, you know, to score even at three-two down, that they had several chances. They just couldn't put it away and. When you're facing a team that is lacking confidence and is, you know, near the bottom of the, of the table, when you go down to ten minutes, it's an opportunity that you, you've got to take. And yeah, they just wasn't very clinical, Southampton. Um, I mean, you know, they had more than double the shots that Newcastle had, and you know, I think Newcastle had six shots in the game and they was able to put three away. So I think. You know, it comes down to the end. You know, in the end of the day, that if you've got to be clinical enough, and Southampton wasn't, and fair play to Newcastle, they held on. They, you know, they kept the shape and they got the three points. So, but I think Southampton would be kicking themselves after this. Do you think they've been, they've been kicking themselves for the past few weeks? To be fair, haven't they? Because they had such a great, great start. You know, even around Christmas time. They were, they were doing absolutely fantastic. Um, every player giving it their all. And then you look at the table now, they're 12th, they're 12th in the league, 29 points. And you, it's weird because, you know, I know you said, Jordan, that you think they can finish in that uh, European place. And, you know, you, you'd have to agree with them because of how well they were. But now they're just... Is it fitness has got the better of them? That, they, you know, their fitness isn't... 100% now or is it confidence is dropping or what would, what would you say it is because 
I can't put my finger on why they haven't kept with the crowd. Southampton, I mean, you take a defender out of Southampton's team, like the main one, they haven't really got anyone else to fill in that role. They they don't have a big squad. So, it, like you said, Brew, I think it could be that sort of thing of, is it the fitness levels? But, I mean, as I said, they could finish top four. I mean, I don't, I don't really fancy that bet now. But this, they're only seven points away from the top eight. And but all the teams that are there as well with Arsenal, Leeds, Villa, they all look looking good still after this weekend just gone. So you can't you can't put your finger on it. I don't think, mate. Just you know they look good at points. They don't like like Brad said. They should have put a few more away. They didn't, and they got beat by a Newcastle team that was surviving that most of the game. So. Like I said, like I said, there's seven, like seven points off top eight. It's it's obviously not gone. Yeah, it's just it's going to be more difficult. They've got they've got games. They've got uh, how many games have they got left? I think they've got fourteen, sixteen games to go for for their season. So, and regardless, Southampton, if they can finish in the top top half alone, I think that'll be a success this season. Whereas Newcastle, we'll go back onto them quickly, Brad, because. You know, we've said about them being inconsistent. We've said about them not spending in the transfer window. That that uh, takeover got um, messed up. Is probably the best word. But there, there is usually for Steve Bruce. He's on the brink of getting sacked, and then he gets another lifeline. It's you know, it's like he's playing a uh, Crash Bandicoot, and he's just got one of the Ugabies. So. What? Uh, how long is he going to stay in this job? Like, is he going to constantly be in this job if Newcastle just keeps sneaking wins here and there? It's it's very difficult. Um, I've said this about quite a few teams this season. I think with the crowd not being there, it's helping quite a lot of managers. Um, and I think Steve Bruce is definitely one of them. Uh, you know, Newcastle supporters are you know, really, really passionate and, you know, they can turn very quickly if they don't like things. And I think that had uh, supporters been allowed into the ground, I don't think he would be in charge of Newcastle. Um, you know, at the weekend, a good result. I actually thought it went 2-2. Two, two. It went 3-1 Newcastle, didn't it? Um, and they could have gone 4-1 up. And they did show in glimpses that, you know, they can play. Um, I mean, there's no getting away from it. It was a, it was a good Southampton side. Um, with some top top players in there who have been you know all season, but you look at the Newcastle side, you know, you, you know the likes of Saint Maximin, um, you got the Wilcock, you know, um, you know even Callum Wilson, you know they have got some talent there. It's just they don't seem to be very consistent, and yeah, you know, all for what Steve Bruce is worth. Me personally, I don't think he's the man for them. Um, He's never been. I just don't think he's that uh, where they what should be. For me, I don't, I've never thought Newcastle as a as a bottom bottom you know bottom half side. I've not. Um, but I think for going forward for them, I think it's I think it's a question of when Steve Bruce will leave. To be honest, it, it is you know it's a bit unfortunate, but yeah, I think he's on a bit of borrowed time. To be honest, even with a victory at the weekend. 
Yeah, he, well, he's he's just got to somehow figure out how to get that team playing more consistently because at the minute they're not week in week out. We will one week we'll say they're doing had a great result, and the next week they'll have an absolute stinker. But you know, we'll see if Steve Bruce is pretty. Yeah, it's, it's definitely if not. Uh, sorry, it's when not if type thing. But um, we'll go on to the next game: Burnley Brighton. On paper, pretty dull game. Um, in game, seemed all right to be fair. You know, uh, twenty shots for Burnley, ten for uh, Brighton. Brighton taking the lead in the first half. Lewis Dungy again um, with a goal from a corner, and um, then Goodmanson just after half time um, got the equaliser for Burnley. But these two teams, they need one of them needed a win and a draw. You know, for both of them, probably isn't the result that they needed because. As much as you know, there's what there's a an eight point gap between Burnley and Fulham in seventeenth and eighteenth. There's still chances of if either one of these um, three in the bottom three to just have a good run of form. And who do you think is worse off with this draw than Burnley or Brighton? Very difficult. Um, two good sides. Um, I think. Burnley played one less game than Brighton, haven't they? I think they're on 23 points. Yeah. Yes. 25. They're, they're both, both on 25. 25. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Burnley's oh, on 23. Um, Burnley played one less game, haven't they? Uh, yeah, they've got a yeah. game and had against someone. I think Villa, maybe, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I think ideally they would, you know... Burnley would probably have wanted to to take three points because you know, like you said, you know they had twenty shots. I mean, I, I saw a few chances that they should have really put away. I think is it Rodriguez? I think he missed an absolute sitter. Um, I think I think it was in that game. I'm sure it was. I'm sure I've seen some highlights where he's missed a sitter. I'm sure, I'm sure it was that. But I see personally, I don't think any of these two sides are in trouble to be honest. Um, for me, the bottom three at the minute. Is going to stay like that. I, I can't see any um, reason for it, you know, to change. But you know, judging on the game of the weekend, I think it was a fair result. Really, you know, both sides equal possession. You know, Brighton. They always seem to set up well. They're, you know, you know, I know the position obviously that they're in, but they're always a team that's you know well set up and they keep the shape. And they are, you know, they're a hard side to you know break down. They, they don't concede too many. Uh, I know sometimes they can go to the big sides and, you know, they can leak, but generally they are a, a good side. And, yeah, so I think Brighton will be fine. I think Burnley, you know, the home record kind of speaks for itself. And obviously with the budget that they have to work on and Sean Dyche has done a fantastic job. I think I think they'll be OK anyway, because I, I just don't see the bottom three just altering, to be honest. I think the one that I would say... You could say would be, would be Newcastle still. I think out of if I had to say Brighton, Newcastle, or Burnley, which one I would be questionable that maybe Fulham or West Brom could catch, or even Sheffield United, it would be Newcastle. But yeah, I, I can't see Brighton or Burnley being too disheartened on that result, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I feel I feel more. Towards Burnley, in my opinion, that they're, they're going to regret that because obviously, like we said, game in hand as well. 
they wanted they beat Brighton, they would have been on a twenty five. Brighton would have been down to twenty four. So and then they got another game in hand, obviously Burnley. You they could have gone above um above Wolves and you know, you could have fought safe as ounces type of thing. But to have twenty shots and not deliver it at home, crowd or no crowd, it's gonna be annoying for Sean Dyche. But here's my question to both of you then. Sean Dyche he's done an absolute phenomenal job at Burnley because you know, to keep him in the league alone is fantastic. He got him into Europe, which was even better. Do you think that now's the time for Dyche to step up uh, another level and go to a bigger team? I only think there could be possibly one job that he would take. And I don't think that's a club level. I think he would be looking at the England job. I've got one team in my head that um, obviously England, I think me and, me and Cow have said England is probably Daesh's next destination if Southgate lets us down in the Euros, which I can't see him doing because we've got a very good team. But um, I think his next job, if it's club level, is a surprise one. I think it's Tottenham because I don't see Mourinho lasting at Tottenham much longer. And I've got a feeling that he might go there next, take that next step. And because uh, they're, they're going to be in trouble, Tottenham, um, quickly, because Mourinho, like I said, won't be there for long. Harry Kane surely is not going to be there if they don't win a trophy again this season, because that man needs needs to be in a club that is winning trophies and titles year in, year out, because he's that good. So... I don't know. I feel like Tottenham could be his next destination if he decides to leave Burnley. That is. What are you thinking, Jordan? Is it like, do you think he's good enough to take the next step, Jordan, into a different level of management, or do you think Burnley is his, just his home comfort? You know, the right job for him. Uh, yeah, I can't see why not. But I mean, you look at the you look at the teams. You probably maybe like. Maybe your Spurs, your top, yeah, Arsenal. Sorry, uh, I was saying someone like Palace as well, someone that's mid-table. Would you, would you say that's the, would you probably could do a job from but, um, full, uh, from um, Burnley? Sorry, because I think it would be, but I don't think it would be much of a big nah. step up, would it? But yeah, it's hard, like you say. You know, you, you look at the England job and you think, yeah. I mean, you could have Eddie Howell in that one as well. But for Sean Dyche, you know, maybe an Arsenal or something if Arteta goes at any point. Yeah, I feel, I feel like he's got what it takes. Like, just keep, like, he's, he's not spent at Burnley. No, he's... I was going to say, like, you look at him from the Championship, you've, you've, they've had a few players come and go, but then that's all they've done every season. Mm-hmm. And, and to maintain a Premier League status for this long with a with a budget that isn't really hitting the heights of the majority of the Premier League nowadays, it's quite astonishing, really, how, how well he's done. It just shows that he know he knows how to man manage and he knows how to get the best out of his players. And yeah, the home the home form's pivotal, mm. uh, especially for this season. Like as you're saying, the seventeenth game and hand. 
But I don't think Fulham are, I think, if you look at the bottom three, it's taken its shape now, really, hasn't it? So, I mean, you could see Sheffield Wednesday maybe going above Fulham, but then that's about as far as they're going to get. Yeah, we just got to see how how it falls. Like we have got sixteen games left. Some got some got fifteen, but it's like you said, it's going to slowly start taking shape very soon. And uh, we'll go, we'll go on to Fulham then, who obviously played West Ham in a nil nil draw. Uh, very very boring game. Um, Free shot. We'll let you start with this. Yeah, one. I'll start. We'll let you start with this. I've had my say about it on my on my little. Um, Double ATH podcast, but after like looking at the stats, there was combined between Fulham and West Ham. There was twenty eight shots altogether. Twenty for Fulham, eight for West Ham. There's only three on target. Two for Fulham, one for West Ham. I, I, I like I said, Fulham dominated. They they played phenomenal against us, and I've stated that if Fulham had a, an out and out striker who could bag goals, um. In the Premier League, they wouldn't be in this position because they had a lot of chances, a lot of good and good chances. Loftus Cheek, who I thought was very good against us, he should have scored. He, he had he had a couple. He had a very very good chance going through on goal, and that's when you see the lack of confidence in front of goal for Fulham because he put it in the side net and didn't even hit the target. And you know, uh, Luckman, he had a decent game, but he's meant to be a striker, couldn't finish. Mitrovic came on way too late for Fulham uh, to make an impact. Uh, but on West Ham's side, we were fucking woeful again. And it was it was another game where we had a chance to go above Liverpool. And especially after the result, that obviously we didn't know at the time, but you know, losing to City, we would have been above, we would have been in the top four um, like now. And, it, and that's happened twice now. Once against Liverpool, where we lost. And this game where we drew, and these are games against Fulham where you don't draw. You know, these are a struggling side who are, you know, poor in front of goal. But surprisingly, I've got their defensive heads on. And you've got to give praise to Scott Parker because he's done a good job. I know they're in the bottom three, but he's not a man. He's not a, a manager who's been around for a long time. He went straight from um, play into into management, and to get him into the league is. Fantastic, and to still kind of be in a fight for staying up, you know, give credit to him. But uh, obviously, then it turned into the Mike Dean show, as like I said, with the red card. But we'll obviously we'll speak. You boys have a little chat about it. What, what do you do? You feel like what I said about if Fulham had an out and out striker that they would be safe. Or do you still think that they haven't got enough to stay in the in the Premier League, regardless of their strike? Difficult. They're a better side than Sheffield United, mm. uh, and I think they're a better side than West Brom. Because well, we've got to be because I actually think West Brom's the poorest side in the Premier League. Um, and then you know, I looked, I look at Newcastle, I look at Brighton, um, Burnley. You would probably say, yeah, you'd say if they could have started a lot better because um, they really struggled for goals, didn't they? And you're probably right, yeah. I think if they had a, a better out and out striker, maybe a, another central defender, I think, yeah, they'd be in a lot better position. Maybe probably in the same position, but points off, maybe 
not as far behind. Um, it's a difficult one, yeah. I mean, out of I mean, out of the three teams that are in the bottom three at the minute, for me, Fulham's the only one that could get out of it. Now, I, I don't know what business they did in January. Did they even bring anybody in? They, they brought striker in, but he was, he's not well known. And I think that's the issue with Fulham. They're kind of bringing in striker, strikers. That's the, that's the issue with relegation teams anyway. They bring in players that you don't know and they think they're going to set the world alight and they'll probably have one half-decent game and that's it's, it. It's very confusing um, with these teams because I think when it comes to January, I, I never understand. I mean, you're not going to sign a an out-and-out premiership striker in January. You're not. But I never get why they don't, these teams that are in this position, they never just tempt some of the championship strikers. Um. You know, I mean, there's a couple of names that I would um, look at. Just, you know, because they would come, you know, they, they really would, they could tempt him and it wouldn't cost a lot. I mean, I look at the boy at uh, Bristol City. Is it Naki Wells? Is it, is it him? Uh, there's players yeah, like that. Yeah. I know um, he's not the quickest. Uh, you've got Puki at Norwich. I know it would probably be difficult to tempt, but there is players there that, you know, could be offered. Um, I think... The boy at Bournemouth, uh, with Stan, Stan Alassi, I don't know if he's on loan, is he there, player? Is he, it's, it's, so there player. is players Being that could player. be tempted. Um, you've only got to look at Brentford. I mean, you know, the amount of top strikers they've had, they seem to let them go willy-nilly. Um, when you look at, look at yourselves, um, Brew, you know... You, Ben Rama, you, you got on loan all of a sudden. You've seen an opportunity. Obviously, I know Lingard was, you know, it was, it was a factor, but you got you got him like that. So, so business can be done, and I think they should have looked at something. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I think the what the team out of the three in the bottom, Fulham are the one that have the most chance of possibly getting out of it. I think it'd be very. Unrealistic, but I think the more out free. Touching on West Ham a little bit, I was disappointed. Um, I, I said to you uh, in in a couple of messages, I, I was very disappointed by West Ham. I think it was a perfect uh, opportunity for them to, you know, because they've been playing well. I mean, a fantastic result at Villa, um, a result that I didn't <laughs> I didn't think they could do to be honest, and they they did quite comfortably. They just they seem to sometimes West Ham for me. The confidence seems to, to go. So I don't, I don't get it. Uh, the games that they, they don't really need to be, you know, you think they'll turn up in or you don't expect them. They seem to do, but then in the important games where you think right they'll kick on here, it, it seems to fade. And I think, you know, some players have got to step up for West Ham. I mean, Suchek. Um, Bowen at the start played well. Suchek, you know, continued his form. Uh, obviously, you've got Lingard coming in now. Um, Antonio, um, I mean, I don't know what's what's his situation with his injury. I, I don't know. Some players have got to step up. You know, everyone goes on about Declan Rice and you know how world class he is. Well, he's got to step up now for them. You, you know, he's got them in a good position. You've got to kick on, kick on. You've got to be going to these t- teams and. 
you know, making more opportunities for you to score. Fair, if you're not going to score, fair enough, it's not your day. But at least make some chances. You know, make some chances because this defence isn't good, you know. So I was a little bit disappointed in West Ham, to be honest. But, you know, judging on the game how it was, you, you, you wouldn't have um, not took a point, would you, to be honest? No, definitely not. We, like I said, I think we're quite lucky to get away with a point. If they could have hit the target for them a little bit more, then I think they could have nicked that game. But um, we'll quickly go on to about the red card in Jordan. I've already said my views about it. Brad, me and Brad's had a chat about it before. What, what, what are your views? Because obviously, you know, recording at this time, it's been overturned, which is the right decision, but. How did how did you see it? Well, uh, you know, it wasn't a red card, and that's before the thing. If you remember, I put it in the chat about it. You know, it wasn't a red card. It looked like Mitrovic just put his face in the way so he could get elbowed, really. So it looked like it. And you know, Suchek has no intention whatsoever of Mitrovic of you know even touching him. So. And obviously, it's been overturned, which is the right choice. And obviously, play against Man United, and you know we know what happened there. But it's nice that you don't at least you know that you've got Suchek for the coming games now. Yeah, it would it would have been a very big miss. It's, even though he didn't he didn't really do nothing in the game in the FA Cup. We he's he's very very. Very reliable in the Premier League, shown it on a consistent basis, like Brad said. Um, but he's right; people do need to step up, and uh, you know, I, I, I hope so. But uh, we got a big game coming up uh, on Monday, so but we'll obviously speak about that in another. another Just one thing: Do you think with West Ham, obviously, you know they've got good chances, like when they played Fulham, they've got good chance of like over, you know, leaping over teams. Do you think it's more, because it's happened a couple of times, like you've both just said, do you think it's more of a bottle job than anything else? Yeah, it's, it's nerves. Nerves get the best of, of our team. Because we're not, we've, I don't think we ever expected to be in this position. I read somewhere that um, in the lads' contracts for this season, there was no added bonus if they got into the top seven because they didn't think that they were going to get anywhere near that. You know, we we've ex- we've exceeded expectations, and which is so great, obviously. Um, but we can't let it slip now that we've got that this far. You know, we could have we could have easily after last season been um, fighting relegation, been in a Burnley um, Newcastle situation, but we're not. We're in a we're in a situation where we can we should be holding our heads up high and thinking we can go to any team and attack and beat them and. The game against Liverpool, we didn't do that, and I think that was just nerves. Um, and then, but then we're going to against Villa, which is an equally harder game against Liverpool at the minute. Uh, that, that would be against Liverpool, sorry. Uh, beat them, and they go to Fulham, which should be an easy game. And nerves get the best of us. And then, obviously, you know, FA Cup's just gone. Obviously, Man United beating us in extra time, and the nerves were there again. We didn't go to Old Trafford and attack, so. I think you're right. It's bottling, but we've got we've got 15 games to turn those types of uh, games where we could be nervous into games where we just think 
if we just go and attack, we, we've got every chance of winning this game because we are that good and we can rely on the defence now, which is a positive, which we haven't been able to for a while, is rely on a defence to kind of free the attack a bit more to push forward. Obviously, fingers crossed, off Bonner's going to be back soon as well. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll go on to the big game of Saturday, this was. Man United-Everton, 3-3. Big big result for um, Everton, I would say, because obviously, 95th minute, last kick of the game. But Man United United played well, in my opinion, in this one. Obviously, Cavani getting a good goal. Uh, Bruno scoring an absolute beautiful goal just uh, before half-time. And then, like a bit of like a uh, a good spell for Everton in the uh, you know the first ten minutes of the second half. Obviously, De Gea making a bad mistake for the first goal, and Rodriguez with a lovely goal. But then when Matomane scored to make it three two, Brad, you surely didn't think that they were going to come at you because they didn't really pose a threat after the seventieth minute. Everton, it looked like the game was done and dusted, and then a silly challenge on the edge of the. Um, edge of the halfway line by uh, two and Zabi. And then, would you say bad goalkeeping again has cost United all three points and probably the the, uh, uh, the title? Oh, where do I start? I think uh, Jordan said this uh, about 30 mm-hmm. seconds ago, the word bottle jobs. Um, the lot of them. Now, it's not just this game that bottled it. They bottled it against an Arsenal side that was... Um, you know, under strength, they bottle it against Sheffield United. It's ridiculous. Um, you go in at 2 0 half time, um, cruising really, to be honest. They concede uh, two goals in three minutes, um, which the first goal for me, bad keeping, Harry Maguire completely at fault as well. Um, the second goal, Again, it's custard cream defending, you know, um, social distancing defending. It's not good at all. Uh, The third goal is an absolute, it's ridiculous. Uh, I I don't know what Harry Maguire was doing. I mean, the ball comes in and he's just got his hand up. He's trying to play for offside, but he's offside himself. He's, He's doing it. He's playing them on. Um. And it's just the basics of football. Just keep, you know, your last minute, keep compact, keep your shape, you know, defend basics of football, you know, keep tight, keep your line. That goal doesn't happen. Um, game management, you know, why Ollie is bringing on to and Zabi, you know, for that last bit is beyond me. Now, this lad's took unbelievable racial abuse. You know, this boy's head must be all over. You don't bring him on when you're holding out in a game. You don't do it because the mentality is not there. You know, if that was free one-up, fair enough. But don't bring him in a situation where he's got to be alert, he's got to be on it, because it's not going to be after getting all that. Um, United, they seemed it's zonal marking. Is it seems to be a massive, massive problem for them. Uh, they can't get out. It's just messing around with the ball. I mean, what well, I can't remember which call it was. 
Uh, I think it was the for two, yeah, for two two. What what are they doing? I, 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 it's, it's it's beyond me. It, it, it's beyond the defending. It's shocking. It really is, and they'll never win anything with that defence. Never, because it's not good enough. Everton had uh, six shots in that game. Only three of them was on target, and they scored three. That's ridiculous. You know, they've scored... United have scored three at home, but they've conceded three. You know, I mean... <sighs> wow. It, uh, they can't... You can't win a league... You know, you win a league on scoring goals, you attack, but your defence wins you the league for me. They can't, they can't not keep a clean sheet. It's ridiculous. You know, they've conceded three at home to Palace. Leeds got two. Tottenham scored six. Uh, Everton's come and scored three. It's not great. It it really isn't, and it's shocking. I was actually looking at a stat. Now, you look at Fulham, uh, our third at the bottom, yeah? They've only conceded one more goal than us. That is ridiculous. For a side that is in second place, have conceded, let's say, the same amount of goal to a team in the relegation zone. That is shocking. That is absolutely shocking. And again, it falls down to management, to tactics, to everything. It's a shambles. And things like this, they get masked. Because no one sees the bigger picture. They're awful. They've bottled it. (laughs) What are they, eight points behind? No chance. No chance. They're They're in a race now to keep top four. Not for the league. But... You know, next game, um, West Brom, go and win, however they want to do it, however they want. And then there's, I think it's Newcastle and then Chelsea. So, <laughs> wow, yeah, I, I'm bewildered by them, to be honest. Attacking-wise, yeah, fair play. First off, they was good, they was good. But defending, phew, I'd suit I'd sooner play us three at the back. I mean, you... The thing is, though, Brad, you look at, like, the options that they could have brought on in that 93rd minute. Instead of Tunzavi, you could have had Brandon Williams, Tellez, Donny van der Beek, just to... Even Matic, just to get a bit high, just in case. You could have had any of them that just, you know, sit in front of the line and just make sure. You know, that's... I mean, I... I mean, I was going to say stuff, but you basically you know, it's covered not it all, really. So, no, you just look at the options he could have brought on. It's, as you say, racial abuse yeah. now. It's going to be playing on his mind. Isn't it's it? ridiculous, but, uh, yeah. Hmm. We'll speak on, uh, obviously, an Everton point of view then. They're another team like Villa um, with two games in hand. 37 points, they're three points off the top four. Uh, they can, if they win their two games in hand, they'll be uh, level on points with Leicester, two points behind Manchester United. Obviously, we're talking ifs and buts with winning both games in hand, but are, out of all the teams that um, 
you know, fight for the top four. You know, you always every year for, for the past two, three seasons, it's City, United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester. That that's the I'm, add Tottenham in there. They're, that's your top six at the minute. Are Everton the closest team out of every other team, bar that top six, to push not only for top six but for top four this season? Have they got what it takes? Because I, you know, put my hands up and was wrong about Calvert Lewin. I thought he would drop off. Hasn't he's actually probably excelled more? Uh, Hammers Rodriguez, we know how good he is. Uh, you know, and there's play, there's plays in that team as well that kind of go under the radar a bit because of how well the attacking line is done. Um, Digne been fantastic. Holgate, you could even say, has been a, a good little player. Um, Tom Davis in the midfield, you know, I, I slated that bloke and he's actually doing all right. For him, so can you can you sit like with a result like this at Old Trafford? I, I, you know, you you can blame obviously Man United's defending and uh, obviously the hate, but they've still got obviously get into these positions to score. Do you think they've got enough to get over the line of this top four, or do you think I think I've asked this question before, but you know they're still in the position that when I asked last time. So do you think they got what it takes to just? Keep grinding at it. Become a new new Leicester, perhaps, who can constantly hit that top four. It's just them games that when they play the smaller teams, they struggle, and that, I think that's what will get them in the end of this season. I, I think they might just stay where they are, uh, but you never know. If like obviously Hamas Rodriguez is just coming in now, where he's hitting a little bit of form, he scored a couple of goals after injury and stuff, so. If he can carry on like he did at the start of the season, I've been impressed by uh, Keenan uh, Yarimina this season. They've scored quite a lot of goals between them. Uh, you know, they've got goals in them. I can't see why not. I mean, they're not even playing Pickford at the minute. They're playing Olsen, which is the second choice. But, I mean, you go to you go to Man United and you, you take six shots and you have three on target, and you draw 3-3, three, three. you're probably contemplating it, but you'd take it at the end of the day, wouldn't you? You'd take the, the point at Old Trafford. Oh, 100%. I think anyone, even even with how United have been since not winning the league, it's still going to Old Trafford, theatre of dreams at the end of the day. Just to, to go there, fans, no fans, you know, whatever it is, it's still a, a massive achievement, and, you know, to score in a 95th minute is... It's going to be absolutely fantastic for him, and we'll, you know, it's another another team of like I said with Villa. We'll, we'll see what they can do because with these after these games in hands are finished and every team is on the same amount of games played, that's when we're going to find out where where the table lies, who's who's in the pole positions and etc. But for Tottenham, uh, two 0 win against West Brom. Uh, yeah, again, um, you know, Harry Kane comes back, scores a goal. Um, that's why he's probably the best striker in the Premier League. Uh, humming song on on the on the score sheet again, and the reason why he's on the score sheet is because Harry Kane's back. And these two, we said it so many times, and we said it as a joke at the start. But you know, it is to me, to you, with that team, with these boys, isn't it? And it's absolutely like for a Tottenham fan's point of view, it's fantastic to see. But for you know. A West Ham point of view, it's not nice to see Harry Kane's back in the starting lineup. But we know Tottenham's had a bad run of form, so this is kind of a very good a pickup win 
against an absolute, and I'm going to say this word, embarrassing side in West Bromwich Albion because, <laughs> like, we speak about Sheffield United at the start of the season being poor. You know, they, they played well but weren't getting results. West Brom, in my opinion, are on par with that Derby side that got the lowest points tally in the Premier League history. They are on par with that because you don't, you can't pick a position in that team where you think there's a good standout player there. That defence is shaky. No, actually, sorry, I tell a lie. One position, goalkeeper Sam Johnson, who is very good. But if you're having, what, how many shots did he... He had 13 shots to deal with. He probably has an average 10-plus shots to deal with a game. You're going to concede because of how poor your defence is. Defence, shocking. Midfield, bad. Frontline, embarrassing for a Premier League team. There's only one word for West Brom, and that's down. Because you're fucking shite, mate. So what what are you boys thinking? Firstly, a good result for Tottenham. Um... Back in form, in a way, for Jose Mourinho. I, I, I think they lost tonight against Everton in the, in the Cup. I, I, um, correct me if I'm wrong. But league league form can get a bit rolling again. Big game against City for him. But uh, what, how did you see this game going? Is this the exact way that you saw it going? Yeah. It was straightforward, wasn't it? Um, I don't think it was a fantastic performance from them. Um, first half, there was a bit sluggish but you know they got over the line uh, I don't really know what to say about this team to be honest because at the start I think a lot of people you know believed that, that these were the, the boys and no I, you know, I look at some of the plays and I look at some of the you know the, the decisions that they've made I mean what was the point of Gareth Bale coming because he's a disgrace. You know, I, I bet Real Madrid are absolutely pissing themselves. You know, I thought there was a reason when, you know, when the uh, my boys United were looking at him and they, and they straight away dismissed it. So they knew straight away that he wasn't the boy, the same player. You know, he's a disgrace, I tell you that. And you've said it. You've said it, Bristow, you know, you take Kane out of that team. I look at it and think, they struggle. They struggle. I, I can remember a few podcasts ago, I said that I thought Song was the best player. I completely take that back. Because I've looked at his performances and, and he can only play when he when Kane's there for some reason. I don't get it. You know, I look at the, uh, is it the Dutch boy? Is it Bergwijn? Is he Belgian Dutch? I think uh, he sometimes has a good game. Um, Mora, in and out. Um, then, you know, they're not they're not two players that have been getting them goals. I'm not keen on the, the lad up top, the young lad. Uh, Vinicius, whatever his name is. Um, I'm not keen on him at all. Um, I've watched him play a few times and I'm, I'm not overly struck on his play for them. I don't know. Is it the Mourinho factor? Because I look at the Wonder Poch and they was they still played good football, didn't they? But entertaining football. Um, 
gone into a really boring, boring side. I don't know. I, I really don't know what's up with them because, you know, they've lost again. They lost tonight, um, 5-4, to a, a decent Everton side, let's be honest. Um, I, I don't know. I, I re- Honestly, I really don't know with this team because before, you know, everyone was thinking about they could challenge for this title. You'd be surprised now if they got in that top four. For me, I'd be very surprised because obviously City are nailed on. I think, you know, United are nailed on, to be honest, even though I doubt them every week. I think they're pretty nailed on. I expect Liverpool to turn it around at some point. I expect them to go on a bit of a run. And, you know, I think they have been bad champions, you know, big up to Mr. Keane, but they have. They've not been. They've not shown any resilience, but I expect them to turn it around. I do, uh, not challenge for it, but I do expect them to pick up some form. And then I think it's a dogfight for that fourth spot. If Tottenham don't pick up quickly, um, you count themselves out of it because at the minute Everton are playing better than them. West Ham for me are playing better than them. Aston Villa, you would argue, are playing better. Arsenal are in and out. And Southampton are sticking around now, and obviously Chelsea. You know, new manager now. So, uh, yeah, I just think Tottenham needs to change. And I would, well, for me, I'd get Mourinho out the door. I don't rate him anyway, but that's for another time. Jordan, what what your what your views there, mate? Because. You know, Bradley's pretty much covered Tottenham, so we'll, we'll go on about West Brom. I, I, I just labelled him as an embarrassment, and you know how how on earth can you come to the Premier League uh, and not spend any money on new players? That the only players they brought in were players that they had on loan last season. Why do you think they have not? expanded that team knowing that it's going to be a difficult time to stay in this league? Maybe they've got... I don't know, they might have money problems at, at the back, you know. But I think with West Brom, it's the exact same thing as Fulham. They, they've done a bit of business in the transfer window. You know, they've got Snodgrass and you think, yeah, he can do bits and bobs. He's getting on a bit now. But then they bring in a Diagne or something. Being not not even not even a well known striker. I've never heard of him anyway. And and you just think, well, he's not going to get your goals. If anything, he's going to get you probably about two in, you know, twenty appearances. Uh, I think you were going on about like there's only one player in that team. I think they've got a couple. You got to look at Sam Johnston. Uh, I think you've got to look at the former Rotherham player, Sammy Adajaye. Very good player in the air. Scores goals as well. And also, uh, Matthias Pierre. I mean, if it wasn't for his goals, they would uh, they would be the Derby County of that league and they would literally be sat bottom of that league with about seven points if that, if it wasn't for that guy. 
I think they need to do a lot of... Obviously, the window's gone now. That's done dusted, so they've got to stick with what they've got, but... It's they're not gonna they're not gonna go anywhere this season. I think they're just gonna be one of them teams for people. Teams are just gonna go there, or you know they're gonna go to their place and just think right, let's just smash them really. And I think Man United will probably do that at the weekend when they've got West Brom. I think they'll go there and I think they'll just lay them all out and just see you later really. Yeah, to think like um I. Definitely missed that centre back. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's been, he has been good, and he scored a lot of the vital equalising goals. Which, you know, if he didn't do them, obviously they could be in a worse position. But Pereira, I find lazy. Um, he has come up with a few goals, like you said, uh, but I think he's a very lazy player. And I tell you why I think he's lazy because he's in a team like West Brom where he knows that it doesn't matter how he plays. They can't leave that man out because he is their biggest signing. And but then at the same time, like this Dean Garner you mentioned, he came from West Ham. Um, there was, if you remember, at the beginning before the beginning of the season, um, West Ham sold him for sixteen million to West Brom, and there was an uproar to the point of even when Mark Noble tweeted out about his uh, disapproval about selling this kid because we had all high hope for him. It's probably the best decision we've made all season because he would he would he would have hundred percent started if we didn't sell him um, because of how people loved him and it just proves that a slight bit of dip in form can absolutely kill a career and I'm not saying his career's over because it's far from it you know but my God like they've not they've not used him right they, I've, to be fair Billich. As much as I've said that he, it's wrong that he got sacked because he, Big Sam's doing nothing any, no different to what Billich is doing. But Billich didn't use uh, the capabilities of his big time players in the right way. It works in the championship when you're high and flying, obviously, because you know they're all a lot of confidence. If you're in that top six continuously throughout the season, doesn't matter what league you're in, your big boys are going to play. Um, but when you're fighting for relegation and you don't use your big boys right, it makes you look shy as a manager. And that's probably what his downfall was. That, you know, he's brought in Dean Garner. He brought in Pereira, two players who he had on load and he thought they were good enough for the Premier League to sign full to, on a full-time basis. And it ain't, and, it, and they haven't worked for him. And Big Sam is to reverted into a mass into kicking the ball upfield. The, the Big Sam weight. And that's why I brought Snodgrass in, because Snodgrass is a set piece specialist still. But it's just I just find it embarrassing that this is a Premier League team. And it, it's the same way as how probably people felt when Derby was in there, when they had that record low tally. Because it you look at the Premier League and it's meant to be the best league in the world. You know, top five leagues, and we're meant to be on the very top. And I'm sorry to say, but with teams that are not spending when they should, um, VAR, obviously, and the way that referees are very much, you know, dropping, we are we, we slowly not becoming the best league in the world. And, you know, I'm, I'm drifting off a little bit from the game, but... It's teams like West Brom. It's teams like Sheffield United. How they started, that just ain't spending right to make the t- make them actually fight for it. You know, Norwich last season, 
barely spent. Look and look where it got. You know, you you know, you need to fight for your your place in the Premier League. Premier League is the be all and end all if you're an English team. Simple as that. And I don't think West Brom's took it seriously enough to even give it a go. And you can say the same for West uh, for Sheffield United, but. They obviously they got Man United on the weekend, and it's going to be so tough for them to even get a sniff in that game. And if they somehow do, then my God, Ollie needs to look at himself in the mirror and think, "I've just lost to a very shocking team." But we'll we'll talk, obviously talk about that another time. But we'll we'll wrap up these last four games quickly. Then Wolves Leicester nil nil uh, would uh. Be a bit annoying for Leicester, wouldn't it, fellas? That you know, Wolves season's done pretty much. You know, mid-table is probably the way they're going to finish because they're a bit too uh, inconsistent at the minute this season. But they can bounce back. Leicester, on the other hand, win would have took them um, level on points with United and kind of increasing the um, probability that they'll finish top four. How disappointed would you be if you're a Leicester fan drawing away at, at minute, Wolves? Yeah. Would you be disappointed or would at you take the minute, a point? You would be very disappointed. Last season you wouldn't. Last season that's a good point. But this season, I mean, they're only just above um, Brighton. Mm. Wolves, 27 points they're on. Struggling, really struggling. It was an even game, wasn't it? Mm. Um, both think the same amount of shots nearly. Um, possession more or less the same. Um it was your typical nil-nil, really. Um, you would have to say Leicester are kicking themselves, like I said, because the way Wolves have been playing at the minute. So, yeah, maybe two points dropped for for Leicester, but I would say a point gained for Wolves, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree, because Leicester, obviously, I think we can count... City as our champions now because unless unless they're going to somehow go out of form for about four or five games in a row, it's not going to happen. But for Wolves, like I said, um, I and like what you said, Brad, as well, decent point. Um, you know, not getting relegated, not probably challenging for the top eight, but um, they'll, they'll be back. I think they'll be back. I think uh, you know, Jimenez missing because of his injury. Hasn't helped. We all we said about Jota not um, being there anymore. That's obviously a big blow for him. But they've got the boys. Um, I think Jordan, you said you like that. Um, is it Podence that they have? He's a Podence. Yeah, yeah, he's a good little player that can, now he can kind of prove himself more about Neto, uh, not Neto, uh, Jota. And then you've got some more little uh, good little players. You know, they're starting to slowly build a Portuguese side. So you never know how they can. They can fare. But we'll go on to the big game then. Liverpool City, Jordan. Wow, is the only word I can say. Uh, 4-1 City at Anfield. Now, City beat Liverpool convincingly last season, but this was after they won the Champions, uh, the, the league, sorry. That was at the Etihad. That yeah, the, and that's the, that's, that's the thing. Etihad Stadium did that. No one's battered Liverpool at Anfield in a long time. You know, I think they went 68 games unbeaten. And now they've gone three consecutive games at home losing. (laughs) Yeah, and you can go, I think, Burnley, Brighton, shockers, obviously. City go there. And you you think, surely they're going to pull the finger out of Liverpool here. This is huge, huge. 
for not only them, but for every other team to kind of stay alive in the league if they're challenging for the title. They won. Yeah, they they, they absolutely battered them in the second half, didn't they? Yeah, it was, I mean the first half that didn't live up to expectation. I think the only good part about that was the penalty. You know, uh, that got missed by well an informed Gundogan when when you're thinking, well, he's put this away. Uh, and then obviously they come out the blocks in the second half, and Gundogan smashes one in. And then uh, you know you're thinking, right, it's one nil. What are Liverpool going to do? They showed little signs, they didn't show much though, did they? I feel uh, they got a penalty, which I thought was pretty soft in a way. But you know, Salah will be Salah will be Salah. In the end of the day, he puts that away lovely. I think that was a really good penalty. And then after that, it was just it was just a city rampage, weren't it? You know, they wanted it more. And I think just with Liverpool's home form the last two games, uh, you can see why. Just they just didn't offer anything. I know. I mean, look, Allison's made two big, big mistakes. But I mean, what what keepers don't. But it's very, very rare for Madison to make a mistake. And two in one match, I don't think you'll see that again for a long time from him. But, you know, fair play to City. They, you know, they took they took them chances when Alisson, you know, tripped. So, I thought it was, a, in a way, I thought it was a fair result. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you with the Alisson thing. It's it's a one off, you know. Like you said, what keepers don't make mistakes. I think it's the fact of that he's tried to play short twice, and he's messed yeah. up twice. And you know, against City, you're going to get punished. But there's there's two words that I'm going to mention about this game: Phil Foden, absolute yeah. gem of a player. Like this guy is ridiculous, isn't he? Like if if he's not on, if he's not in that squad for the Euros. There is hell going to pay, you know, for Southgate because he should be besides Harry Kane, he should be number one, number two on that team sheet. Yeah, um, Andrea, what do you think, brother? I'll just start um, with you know uh, condolences to uh, Jurgen Klopp. I think everyone from the Forts uh, podcast uh, offers that um, with the passing of his mother. Um, I think, you know, you don't like to see that. So, you know, I'd like to, on behalf of us all, obviously offer our condolences to that. Um, I don't think anyone deserves anything like that. So, um, yeah, just condolences, really. Um, On to the game. Well, we'll start with Phil Foden. He is unbelievable. I I watched the game and I watched that, um, that fourth goal. And... I don't think my mouth closed. It was quality. Um, I think I've said this to you before. I, there's going to be a few, few upset people um, come the Euros because he's got to leave some someone out. There's going to be a player uh, who doesn't go to this Euros who you you're going to question. Now, I, I make a valid point when I say this. I think. I think you have to question taking Jaden Sancho at the minute because he isn't playing well at all and his form in the Bundesliga is shocking. Now, Rashford, you would argue, will play on one side maybe, 
and and or Sterling. So one of them. So does that leave a space for Foden to, to start? The way he's playing, you, like you said, you'd have to go down on that team sheet, wouldn't he? Um, because I look at other, you know, it's, it's very yeah, hard 100%. to sack for England um, when it comes to the Euros. I think this time because. Like I said, someone's got to drop out. Someone big is going to drop. And who is it going to be? For me, I would honestly not take Sancho. I know that's probably ridiculous. But judging on form um, and the way everything's gone, yeah, but that's that's, another, that's for another time. Um, but yeah, absolutely world class. I think Gary Neville said at the end of the game, um, I wish he played for United. Um, I wish he was a United player. I think that says it all. Um you know, I mean, he's already pledged his career to Man City. Um, but, yeah. But in the game, um, Alisson with the two mistakes, like you said, to be honest, they were still dominated. Um, Liverpool, City went there. They, they had a game plan. They know what they was doing. And people think, people forget, Man City's been without a striker for weeks. And... You know, when I looked at the team sheet and I saw that, you know, Foden was going to be that boy up for you, I thought, how are they going to do this? And they absolutely mastered the game plan to an absolute... <sighs> no one could have done it better. They just took them out of the game. I, I was watching the game uh, with Ashton and I, and I said to him, is Salah playing? I, I didn't even see him. They just could not get the ball. You know, they're just not the same Liverpool side and league is done. League, league was done anyway. League was done before they even played. I knew that. They are cut and above, above anything in that league. They really are. As soon as they click, done. Done. I look at the defence. Stones, I mean, it, six months ago, people were saying he shouldn't even be in the bloody Bournemouth side. Now look at him. You know, he's going to have a, an argument now. He's got to start surely in the England side. Because I know if it was him or McWhite, I know I'd pick. They're just, from top to bottom, they are just quality and it oozes. And you can see it. They have a game plan every time and they execute it. And, Yeah. Liverpool, like I said earlier, they'll they'll pick up. They'll pick up. I, I don't expect them not to be out of the top four, to be honest. I don't. Um, they'll pick up. You, you, you've got to question Liverpool's um, transfers for me. Um, you look at their up top, you, you can see they're struggling. So why do you let Minamino go out on loan? Yes, he wasn't doing anything at Liverpool, but why do you let him go? Um, they don't bring in a proper centre-back which I don't understand. They bring in a, a lad from Schalke, which Schalke have been struggling. I, I, it's questionable what is going on. Um, they've clearly dropped off the um, the winning mentality at the minute. and But I do expect them to turn it around. I really do. Um, I think you can obviously tell now why. Yes, Jürgen's been a bit, um, a bit mouthy in recent um press conference and you know in the match but I think that might be a bit understandable now um, judging with what's gone on in his personal um, life so I really expect them to turn it around I do 
Um, but as far as Man City is concerned, yeah, you're right, Bristow. Foden, class above, and league's done. All done. Actually, I think Gundogan's the man in, man in form at the minute. Like, I mean, he scored like four or five goals in like three games, four games. Oh, he, he's been on I can't overlook him. Like, he's come back from a long term injury and he's just putting in performances like that. It's just unbelievable. Oh, he's he's been absolutely fantastic, hundred um, percent. I'll I'll ask you both this question quickly before we move on to our last two games. Then, yeah, do you agree with Roy Keane when he said that Liverpool are bad champions? I do in the sense of, of obviously with Liverpool the way they are now, but then would would he be saying that if Virgil Van Dijk and he had the main players there, you know, like the two main centre backs? That that's who knows. But that's the for point, now. I'd, uh, I'd probably Jordan, agree with that. Virgil Van Dijk could and be different. Gomez aren't champions on their own. That every one of them are, and they've just. Gone off the boil. I don't know what it is. They they don't look the same team. The energy's not there. Well, then you look at the team, yeah. and then you look at last season's team, and then you look at the team that uh, won the Champions League final. It's not changed a lot, has it? They've all been playing constant, you know, together. That eleven's yeah. not changed. Now, is it time to freshen up? Not the whole team. I'm not saying the whole team get rid. I'm saying a few players. Freshen up a little bit, and you know that, that when I say when I say bad champions, I don't mean that you know the mentality. It, it's probably arguable because after losing to Burnley, surely they should have you know fight a little bit and then they go and lose again, and then again. So you would argue that they just need to, um, I think, freshen up a little bit because I, I looked at the side that played the Champions League final against Tottenham. And then I look at it now. It's not much changed. Now I know you don't change your winning team, but you need to freshen. You need to need to freshen up a little bit. I think I double worded there, but, <laughs> but yeah, you, you need to um, freshen up a little bit. Yeah. You know, Milner's getting on. Good player, very good player, but he's getting mm-hmm. older. You need to change yeah. it a little bit. The situation with I think Bru, you've mentioned quite a lot. This one Yaldon situation. Is he going? Is he not? Well, freshen it up a little bit then. Um, Tiago, how many positions does this boy play? I've seen him at Cam, I've seen him at Central Midfield, I've seen him at Central Defensive Midfielder. What is he? Any yellows? Um, <laughs> Fabinho, the same. Is Any he a centre back? Is he a midfield? What is he? Henderson. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They shouldn't. If they're champions, they shouldn't have to be putting midfielders in your defence. They should have. As they say, you know, always two players in that position that can. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, for all, I mean, I hate them. Oh, oh yeah, then, yeah, absolutely hate them. But I would because I, you know, I'm a United fan. But it's it's nice to see they play good football, and it is, you know, they're just not the same, are they? But I, I do fully expect them to turn it around. But freshen it up, freshen it up, and then you, they'll be fine. I don't think it's panic stations for them. I really don't. But, yeah, we'll soon see. Top four. Yeah, oh, the, oh, the title's done. It, it's it's Just done. top four now, isn't it? They, they've lifted it. It's, they've already lifted it. Done. 
So we'll, we'll then move on from that game then to the last one, last two, sorry. Sheffield United one, Chelsea two. Um, Jorginho with another penalty. Rudiger with a weird own goal. Um, reminded me of that own goal from Rio Ferdinand with Man United, if you remember, Brad, uh, when he tried to pass it back. But And then Mason Mount, another, another guy in contention to go to England. Uh, for the Euros. Um, Chelsea, new manager, possibly new lease of life, would you say? Can their striker score a goal? No. Werner, I think the funny thing about Werner is, is that he's not scoring, but he's assisting. He's their top assistant. Like, six. Six assists this season, but you're not paying the big bucks to make him bloody pass the ball. You want him to score them. So you bang on. I, what, I thought this man. I think this manager, like I've said before, is not going to do anything different to what Lampard did. I so have no idea. What is he going to do to change the... What's his name? What's the yeah. other guy? Not Havertz. What's the other one they brought in? He's the biggest waste of money I've ever seen. Ziyech. What? I'll put my hands up. And he was meant to be huge, I never heard wasn't it? Before he comes, I'll admit. I mean, when he comes to Chelsea, I had to see who he was. But, God. I, I don't get it. And playing that Jorginho, and I think he's absolute dog shit, if you want the truth. Um, I look at some of the players. Um, <laughs> what's, what's that other guy? What's the guy on FIFA that we want? Paul Pulisic. I am. Is he the American, isn't he? Is he the American boy? Pulisic, He's not yeah. bad in his day. But some of the players, yeah. I just... The, the one I feel sorry for is that Mason Mount. Because, well, I think he he's a star player for them and the rest don't seem to pull the weight up front. They really don't. And this manager, PSG, couldn't wait to get rid of him because he's that boring. Um, you know, I, I, I think I can't remember what I watched. I think it was on YouTube. I watched a, um, it was an interview of all the PSG fans. Obviously, it was in French. They translated it, and supposedly he's terrible for bringing on talent. You know, like because obviously when they had you know PSG and Mbappe and stuff, supposedly he can't bring anything on. So Chelsea, is, I don't, it's a bit of a young squad, you know. I know that there's some players quite old, but generally, you know, it's a youngish squad. And, oh, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I can't understand why they sat Lampard anyway, because if Lampard was sat, then Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Arteta, Klopp, Guardiola at the start should have gone anyway as well. Oh, definitely, yeah, 100%. I, I think I said that when yeah. um, me and Carl spoke about it. It's a dip in form. And, and I'll tell you what made it worse is that I think he even came out, this manager, and spoke about how Chelsea deal with managers. And he said he's not fearing that. To even come out and say that, in the back of his mind, he's surely thinking, I mess <laughs> up for half a season. I, I'm, I'm off to the job centre. Uh, like, uh, well, we'll go on, we'll go on to Shepherd United, John. 
we, I think we can count down, obviously. But are you happy that they're showing a bit more of a fight now than what they did in the first half of the season? Do you think they finally woke up and, you know, thought we can't just, you know, keep going like this. We've got to just attack more. And you, obviously, when you attack more, more chance of a goal. They've got nothing to lose, have they? Hmm. Uh, I think they gave a bit of a fight in the first half of the season, but it just wasn't good enough. And obviously, they've collected a few more points, like second round of fixtures. But I think, like we said before, you know, the table's taking shape now, especially the bottom three. I can't. I mean, if they just play out, if they go out there and go right, we've got nothing to lose here, and and they win, they get points. Fair play, they might get out of it, but. It's it's a long shot for that. But I think they could overtake the two teams, Fulham and West Brom. So it doesn't look as bad. But I can't, I can't see them being out of the top three. But you, you never know. You can't count them out. Well, we still, like I've said um, in this podcast before, 15 games. Plenty of time to save a season. But it's obviously... You know they they've left it probably a very little too late, but you know they they kind of like like I said they're showing a little bit more fight um, going into the second part of the season. But we'll go on to our last game then. Leeds two 0 at home against Palace. Um, Jack Harrison and another goal for Patrick Bamford. I'm so happy about that. Eleventh um, goal this season, and. You could probably argue if we wasn't as good as we are up top for England, he could be in with a shout of getting into that Euro team, in my opinion. But too difficult because of how good we are up top. But Leeds, um, me and Bradley had this chat with Callum about it, Jordan. Um, We said they're very, very good attacking, but they are very poor defensively. You know, they've scored 38 and they've conceded 38. Um, this season it's obviously working for them we say the man-to-man doesn't work um, in most games and that's the games where they get battered what what are your thoughts then on it because they they've kind of proved us wrong against Palace because I said man-to-man's not going to work against Wolf and Zahar and it clearly has worked seeing as they won 2-0 but do you think they can just continue to keep playing in this playing style that they're doing or are they going to get fully found out and struggle next season? No, I don't think they will. Uh, I don't think they'll struggle. Uh, obviously, the the home form's been a bit of a struggle this season, but then the away form's backed it up and I think the tide could be ch- uh, changing for Leeds now. I think you look at them, they played Leicester away from home beaten 3-1, which was a very good result. And I think they just took that momentum, especially Banford, into this game. And they got off to another quick start, you know. Uh, and, and then obviously Banford just, you know, took the game out of the stride and put it to bed, really. Yeah, here's a question for you then. 32 points. Uh, only uh, five points off of uh, top seven. What, what what are you thinking? You think they can if they can still if you know the way that they play? Do you think they can get into that top seven this season, or is it a little bit too much to ask for in their first season back? If, 
if you're looking at the table at this minute in time, I would say that they could possibly get into the top eight. I can't see why not. But, you know, it's a three, three gap between them and Villa, and Villa's got two games in hand, but they've only got a game in hand. So they've got to use everything to the advantage that they've got and try and pull away from teams like Arsenal and Southampton. But they made it look quite easy against Crystal Palace. I mean, they didn't have Zahar. He wasn't playing at all. So they took the chances, really, because it could have been a different game if he was on. But fair play to Leeds. They took the advantage. They did well. They they controlled the game. And it was obviously nice to see him get a win at home because they're usually not very good. Yeah. Brad, going on to Crystal Palace before we wrap things up, another team similar to um, Newcastle, a bit of inconsistency. They've got, a, they've got a, obviously, one of the best players probably in the, in the league in Zaha, who isn't going to be holding on to wanting to stay there for too much longer. They've got his, probably his replacement, Eze. Do, do you... What, what do you make of this Palace team this season? Because do you think they're in the, probably the best place that they should be? You know, they're sitting 13 yeah. to 29 points. Very difficult. Um, would you expect a little bit better from them? It depends where the ambition of the club is. Um, I'd like to see them actually spend a little bit more, um, especially in the... Uh, obviously, the transfer, that's where you spend your money. But um, just, you know, just to try and make a push, uh, you know... Like your Everton, you know, they bought a lot, you know, bought some talent and, you know, they're, they're pushing now. I think they're going to, uh, like Newcastle, I think they're going to need a uh, a manager fresh, freshen up, to be honest. Um, you know, no disrespect to, uh, to Roy Hodgson, but I think they need a younger manager, to be honest. To be honest, the, the, the guy I would be turning to if I was Palace would be Eddie Howe. Um, I can't understand why even Newcastle aren't looking at that. Um, I, I just think they need a freshen up. If they want to keep the heart, if they've got any chance of keeping this player, they, they've got to spend. They've got to show him something. Um, uh, it's difficult... It depends. I mean, a few years ago, I mean, Palace was in the, uh, the FA Cup final. You know, I don't know, quite a few years ago, but there was. And, you know, you've got, you've just got to question their ambition a little bit. You know, spend a little bit, take a risk. You know, the grounds, they've got to have money because they've been at, you know, Sellers Park for, for as many years as I can remember. That ground's not really changed. So they've got to have a bit of money, surely. Uh, spend it. Spend it. Because, you know, they've been in a position now this past couple of seasons. Yes, they're safe this season. You know, they aren't going anywhere. But but they are hovering around the same position. Now, if Zahar does go, will they, you know, will that position start to lower a bit, depending on what they do? Do they freshen the manager up? Do they bring in some extra players because I look at the bench I look at the players they brought on against Leeds now Ben Teke I can't remember the last time this boy scored I really can't I just look at the bench and I look at the players that were starting I look at a few I think no 
Now, I think some of these players would struggle to get into a championship side, to be honest, from what I saw. But you know, fair play. You know, fair play to them. They have played well in recent weeks. Leeds, on the other hand, played well. You know, I, I'm not a fan of this one one on one thing, but it seems to work for them. I think they'll have they'll have to change next season because I think they could be found out a little bit. Um, yeah, but probably the answer to your question, I would say the fans expect Palace to do a lot better, but with the team they have, I think their team's about right. Yeah, I'd have to agree because until they start spending, they're not really going to go anywhere, are they? Which is the whole point of spending, really. Um, but well, that, that wraps up all our uh, our games to talk about. Which uh, you know, it was a, it was a pretty decent weekend. You know, we, we've got we've got a big uh, big big weekend coming up uh, of football. Uh, you know, we've got a big game with City Tottenham, I believe. So. Yeah, we've got, we've got a lot to talk about in our next podcast about that. But thanks for uh, coming on and having a little chat, fellas. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Obviously, you know you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. We've got our, um, you know, our listening platforms on Spotify, yeah. Anchor and Apple. But oh, my God. Did you hear me listening, And we will see you soon.